Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you heard all the rave about the new Quick Grill located inside the Be Quick Chevron on Veterans Boulevard? Come visit Be Quick Chevron along with Quick Grill, Be Quick Food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store, wherever you are. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we're going to learn a wonderful story of how Veterans Memorial Park in Tupelo got two new wheelchair accessible swings thanks to Caleb Rogers and the community and joining us is Caleb's mom Jenny hey Jenny hey how are you doing I am wonderful how are you I am not complaining not one bit I absolutely love this story I think it's wonderful um, for your community but also just the fact that little Caleb thought that it was such a need to get out and to raise funds to have this important addition to the Veterans Memorial Park so how did this all come about how did little Caleb think about everybody else in the community and at Charles Community Park well, Caleb has always thought about other people. Um, he he tells me that his uh, reason for being here is to teach his parents to be good soldiers and to encourage others. So he has always had a heart for other people. And um, December of last year, we were in our backyard. His dad homemade him a wheelchair swing, and we were swinging. And um, after that, he... Let me know. He asked me, he said, Mother, how much money do I have in my savings? And I, I, and he's never asked that before. And so when I asked him why, he said, Well, I really, I want to use my money for other kids to enjoy a swing like my swing. And I, so he wanted to take all of his savings. And I said, Well, Caleb, um, he, every couple of months he has these visions and the, I mean, these ideas and he just, we just try to help him accomplish those. And so I told him, I don't know that he has quite enough, but we would see what God would do. And so, um, I made a call to Leanne Maddox with Tupelo Park and Rec and I've worked with her on other projects and ideas of Caleb's in the past. And so Leanne said, you know, well, let's just see what it's going to cost. And so it kind of went from there, and then um, we we just started through, you know, just praying about what to do, and then the community just really came together, and we were able to raise enough money not for one, just for one, but for two. Which was a total of $22,000, Jenny, because I, I can't imagine, you know, I know my daughter's Penny Bank, but it's not, she feels like there's a lot in there, but there's not $22,000 worth um, in no. there. <laughs> and when you go to think about taking something that your husband had made for Caleb in your backyard, there's probably other 
safety standards or, you know, red tape that has to come when you're talking about having something for the community to be able to to use and to appreciate or not just appreciate, but to be able to get good, safe quality out of it. So we're talking about it looks like if they're looking over at Super Talk TV, Jenny, it looks like like industrial made. Like, I mean, this is like a like a big squeak, like a, you know, a big deal in terms of swings. It, it really is. I mean, the, um, each one of those swings were over, if I'm not mistaken, that they were like over $6,000. But, and I mean, so his daddy, you know, put this one together for nothing to that degree. But you're right. When it does come to public safety, there was a lot involved in making sure that everything was followed exactly the way it needed to be. Um, and the reason you see the fencing around that on those pictures is also for part of those regulations for safety because um, one thing about those, when a wheelchair is swinging back and forth, I mean, if a, the concern was if a toddler or, I mean, even an adult, <laughs> if you walk, go behind that and the weight of all that hits you, I mean, it could be not not the best um, situation. And so for safety, there was required to have a fence with a gate. Um, and so that's the reason that that is over there around it. So what was it like for Caleb whenever he got the news that his dream was going to come true, that they, it was actually going to be able to be fulfilled to put these wheelchair-accessible swings in his local park? Oh, he, he has just been... I mean, it's been so exciting this whole journey because every time Miss Leanne would text me and she's like, okay, here's the update. We've got this. Or I would let him know, Caleb, we have this much to go. We have this much to go. So this, for like a whole year, it's just been a, you know, an exciting thing to look forward to. But the day, um, so we had a ribbon cutting on a Wednesday. And on the prior Monday, uh, Leanne had texted me, or maybe it was myself, I'm not sure, but I remember going over there and the, um, the the swings had actually been hung up. That was the last thing that we did before the ribbon cutting. And so we were able to take Caleb over there before it was announced to the public they were ready. And, it, and I have it on video, us wheeling up there, and he was just, I mean, him laughing on that swing, it, he was just so excited. And we, too, we just could, we drive by there all the time, and we're just just so thankful to have seen, you know, this little bitty conversation that we had outside one day in December turn into, there it is. And that just le- lets you to know, I mean, you know, when when God places something in your heart that you just never know what that outcome is going to be. And if it's what he wants, he's going to bring it to be. Well, you also, if you're looking at Super Talk TV, you see in the picture, it's, I think it's Caleb who may be uh, swinging. It was a young child swinging, but then also you have someone older in a wheelchair also enjoying the swing. And when you think about who all may find themselves in a wheelchair, it ranges. It's not just young children. It can be a wide variety of people who may still get the opportunity to have that moment of just pure bliss of being able to feel, you know, the freedom of, of swinging sort of back and forth. And so have y'all found that, you know, lots of people have been enjoying the swings there at Veterans Memorial? I've had um, a couple of people to kind of tag me, and I think recently I don't get on Facebook a lot. I just typically go to Caleb's page to post his writings, but um, I was tagged in something, and so I went to it, and it was on my personal page, and someone said, it was their child. Um, it, it was. They posted a video of him over there enjoying the park in his wheelchair, and I could not wait to show it to Caleb because we don't ever know, you know, who's over there. But 
Um, we just know there's so many kids and adults, like you said, in the community that are in chairs and that get the opportunity, some of them for the first time ever, to swing. Um, and so I was um, – you had asked me if Caleb had anything to say, and instead of him um, giving me any new information, it was really neat because I was going through some of his journals, and I looked back, and so he had that dream in December to do this a year ago. And in February, um, one of his writings that he posted on his page, he said, most don't know this, but I'm starting on my next mission project soon. I've been called to help my differently abled friends enjoy swinging in their own wheelchair. This endeavor calls for more money than I've been able to save. It's going to take our Tupelo network of friends devoting time to prayer in order to see this through. And then he said, my mother can explain more soon. Until next time, serve someone with joy. (laughs) Mama, you're doing something right. But it's also, Um, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) It's incredible to see, and there's so many stories, too, here on Good Things, Jenny, of just someone having an idea, and what about having the faith of, like, a, as a child to just see something sort of grow from that or have the, the you know, the childlike faith to not see all the roadblocks or not to give you all the reasons why they just think that this should be done and why not let's just go out there and figure it out, and then the community just rallies around it. So I always say you should never, you know, underestimate something that's stirring inside of you to do for your community because you you never know the pieces that will come together or how it could grow or, you know, blossom into something beautiful. That is exactly right. Yes, ma'am. He also has a heart for others, obviously, and in his writing. Obviously, Caleb isn't able to necessarily communicate like uh, most of us do, but he has found his way and is sort of his niche to doing that. When did he start sharing his thoughts through his Facebook page? Um. Well, He's been writing things since, oh, my goodness, probably before it, four, between the age of four and five. We've been keeping journals that long. But um, occasionally we would go to AFR um, with Brother Joseph Parker would have him. We would come into their studio and he would share some of his uh, writings. And um, through that time, it's been maybe three years ago in 2020, he suggested, he said, well, why don't you share these publicly? And I said, well, because I really, he wants to put them together in a book. And he said, yes, but you're making people wait until you finally do that book. So why don't you start posting them? Well, Jenny, we're going to make people wait just a second. We'll get you on the other side of this break. We've got more with Jenny Rogers, Caleb Rogers' mother, coming up next.
Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV, which I encourage you to do. You'll see a wonderful photo of two individuals enjoying the, I guess, the breeze and the freedom that comes with swinging. And they're in uh, wheelchairs. And that was all made possible by the community there in Tupelo, Mississippi. And But also, it was the idea of Caleb Rogers. He's 12 years old. He was born with Sarah palsy. His mom, Jenny Rogers, is joining us to share that great story, but then also his love of just writing and sharing positivity and inspiration to the world, which he does through his uh, Facebook page and more. So, Jenny, you were talking about how he you were sort of waiting to put it into a book, but someone encouraged you to put his writings out there for the rest of the world. So how did that all happen? Um, (laughs) Well, which part? The the writing? Yes, ma'am. Like when you finally made the Facebook page. Yes. Yeah, so um, probably, so Caleb's had a Facebook page, Caleb Rogers Updates, for many, many years. Um, I, I Maybe since 2012, just to kind of, for other people to go along the journey of this with us. And just to see the Lord, what he does every day. And so we always... When Caleb was really little, and even through the battle with his the battle with his brain injury and such, every single day of his life, it has always been as if he's done something um, or been stronger than the day before. No matter what we faced, and I I used to say, well, it's just Jesus, because it's you know we can do and go to therapies and we can travel all over the country and get help for him, but at the end of the day, it's just the Lord um, doing this, and but He uses those other things. And so through me always saying, just Jesus, just Jesus, um, a couple, several years ago, actually in 2020 as well, we officially formed, Caleb officially formed his ministry called Just Jesus, Inc. And through that ministry, we have given out thousands and thousands and thousands of Bibles to all age groups, ministries all over, beds for kids in Mississippi, and all of it is free. And that ministry also consists of, Caleb already has two published books. One is called Hope in Jesus for Kids, and the other is called Be Free in Christ, and it's for men. Um, anyway, it's a long story. He it's a wonderful story, busy. Jenny. Yeah. Yes, but the, um, but, but for, for now, until we get this, these other ones published that he wants, um, we, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we sit down and he will just journal whatever he feels like the Lord has for him that day. And then by the end of the day, I will take a picture and I'll post it on his page for him. And so we've done that fairly consistent unless he's been really sick, um, for about three years now. Jenny, you know, I think for most families listening who hopefully have their their whole family in church, particularly their children, are probably listening to this like I am and thinking, man, 
you know, Caleb just really gets it, right? I mean, when you think about, I have an 11-year-old who, you know, I I feel like knows the Lord and feel like we're going in the right direction, but we're definitely not, you know, it hasn't clicked the way I feel like the whole, you know, with Caleb has clicked in terms of what his bigger purpose is and that it's about serving others. And even though he may not have what we would consider, you know, a normal life, he is making an impact with the gifts and talents he has. How did that happen? I mean, I know you're going to say just Jesus, because, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, I mean, I think we all we all want a little guidebook to that, Miss Jenny, on how how to raise other kids that way. Well, I'm going to just tell you. So, well, his dad and I thank God that Caleb has been very fortunate and blessed that both his dad and I, um, are, you know, have been walking with the Lord for his whole, for Caleb's entire life. But we also know it's not always been that journey. And so um, I don't know. It's just because we know or, you know, what God has, how he, what he's done in our lives. Um, when, before Caleb was even born, we had a little girl and she lived about six hours and then the Lord took her home. And I don't, it's just been a journey. And then when, when Caleb uh, he came eight weeks early, the same as our little girl, Chloe, and then my uterus ruptured, and he sustained a brain injury from that. But through through that, I don't know, we just always clung to the Lord. We just kind of put it in our minds like there's no other option. And so um, we have always just stayed so grounded with that. So with Caleb, he always, I mean, we from the time he was born or before, he, when he was in my womb, we were always reading God's Word. We were, you know, always praying. He's just kind of been in this, I don't know if you want to say bubble, but that's just been Caleb's life. But even when he could first communicate anything, one of his first sayings was, Heaven is beautiful. Mm. So I feel like he's always had a very... um Ah, I just can't even explain it myself, honestly. I have just come to learn that there's something beyond my understanding that the Lord has just blessed, given Caleb this um, anointing. And he's so, he spends so much time with the Lord. Like he's read his Bible and um, more than 20-something times from cover to cover. Um, but that's the world Caleb just just lived in that world. And he can't walk... Um, you know, on his on two feet without braces and a gait trainer. But one time someone told me, they said, you know what, your son, he walks better than anybody I know because he walks with the Lord. And I feel that way I just because he, maybe because he's not out there um, communicating and all infiltrated with the world that we deal with all the time. I don't know. I'm like you. I'm just like pulling at, at reasons, but I just know that he just just begs for his time with Jesus every day. And I don't I don't know if that um, I can't explain it myself. But we've always spent so much time. If he wants to read his Bible, then I sit in the floor with him, and I have turned every page of that. He can't turn the page on his own, but he can read everything. So. 
all those times he's ever read all that. I mean, it's me sitting in the floor or him in his wheelchair and me sitting next and just turning one page at a time, one page at a time. Well, and, Jenny, uh, he's so, an inspiration, I feel like, to everyone who has probably met him, everyone who will get to uh, swing on the swings there at Veteran Memorial Stadium, or uh, not Stadium, excuse me, Park. Um, and then, too, just anyone who gets to read his stuff or, or help out. The Bible, so you mentioned Just Jesus, Inc., which is his nonprofit who gives out Bibles to those. How do you guys collect those? Is it through donations? Is it through a partnership or a Bible drive? How can we help him and help Just Jesus? Yes, thank you for asking. Um, the one thing we haven't really done in all these years is really recruit donations, but we gladly take them. The Lord's just always provided what, what we've needed to purchase and to give out, and we've never told any organization no. Um, and But you can go to www.justjesusinc.com, and on that website there's a place where you can make a donation and all of those donations they purchase the um bibles and books and um e- even Caleb's books nothing is sold everything's given away and we also supply to many many jails um i know we count let's see we we county on occasion, um, we'll have requests there, but on a weekly basis, we supply like Fulton, um, I've gone blank to the surrounding counties, Pontotoc County, Monroe County, but we put daily walk Bibles there, and um, life recovery Bibles go to like Life Corps and a, and a ton of surrounding recovery programs, so... Well, I can't wait to hear about what Caleb thinks of next for his community, his state, his country. <laughs> Who knows, Jenny? Like, <laughs> um, I don't either. Well, he just, um, we just had our first, uh, Just Jesus 5K because we love to run. And so we did that September the 30th of this past year. And, um, that was one opportunity, uh, that we did as a community to actually raise some money, um, publicly. And so that's the one thing this year is we pray that um, we can just focus on that. Um, and every year, hopefully, it'll grow and we can get churches and all kind of people who can just get out there and walk or run for Jesus and be supplying, you know, his word in the process. So, Well, Jenny, you, you know how to get in touch with us here at Good Things Now. So when it gets closer to September, you make sure you let us know so we can help spread that word um, and get as many people out who would like to run just for just Jesus, but also for Caleb and what your entire family is doing for the Tupelo community. Um, make sure he knows that Mississippi proud of him and he is an inspiration thank you so much i will thank you so much for allowing us to talk today and let people know we'll talk soon i feel like we'll get to know caleb as the years go on so you keep in touch and you all stick with us we got more for you coming up next Beat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
walks the line and I do what is right like I should. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Supertalk Mississippi app. We hope you know you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. I'm not alone in the studio anymore. That always brings me great joy. Joining me is Ms. Shelley Ryder, Ritter. Excuse me. She's the director of Delta Blues Museum. And she's here in town um, to, I guess, help talk about all the good things going on there at the museum. But specifically... Here to talk about the fact you guys got another grant to help people do virtual tours if maybe they can't get out and come in person there at Clarksdale, which I think is pretty cool. So welcome. Thank you. And we have talked to you several times here on Good Things over the years of all the cool stuff going on at the Delta Blues Museum. But this is the first time I've had you in studio. So this is exciting um, for me. OK, so if people are thinking Delta Blues Museum. I know where that is, and I think I know what they do, but there's so many great museums out there. How do you sort of tell people how you guys are different? Well, we are the world's first museum devoted entirely to blues, and our blues trail marker says that right outside our front door. that makes you very important. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So uh, we're located in Clarksdale where... We're home of so many blues musicians through the ages mm-hmm. and and now from, you know, Muddy Waters, John Lee Hooker to Chris Stone Kingfish What Ingram. was in the water? I don't know. Or the moonshine? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> One or the other. That Delta Dirt. That Delta Dirt, yeah. And so you guys share the story of that there at the Delta Blues Museum. We do. Yeah. Is it set up like in terms of individual people or is it more like if you come into the museum, is it just sharing the overall story of the blues? Does that make sense? It does. We try to tell because uh, so many museums have opened since we've been open. Mm -hmm. We are now kind of trying to focus on that specialness that's Clarksdale and Cahoma County. So when you come in, we we try to tell the whole cultural story, but we use the artist's to do so so because they know it better than anybody yes and their story is the blue story it is yeah and that's so cool that it's right here in mississippi i feel like there are so many wonderful spots on the blues trail or museums that people from all over the world i'm sure travel use vacation time use their income to get here and see and then for those of us who are an hour spitting distance, as they would say, sometimes don't even know that it's there or underestimate it by going to visit. So how do you get Mississippians excited about coming out and visiting the museum? Well, uh, in Clarksdale, we host lots of festivals. And in August, we have the Sunflower River Blues and Gospel Festival. Mm-hmm. It started in 1988. And one of the exhibits we have at the Blues Museum is a collection of the Sunflower River Blues and Gospel Festival posters that go through the ages. And you can kind of chronicle cool. who opened and then who was just like listed. And you can see them kind of move up the ranks. And that's kind of fun oh, to watch. Neat. And then we have yeah. exhibits about them as well. And so these exhibits, again, not everybody's able to make it to Clarksdale, or maybe you're just bored of thumbing through Netflix or whatever it may be on the weekend, and you're looking for something a little bit more fun to do. You guys have sort of coined this idea of virtual tours. Um, how did this take place? Well, uh, something called COVID came along. I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never heard of it before. <laughs> we had to close our doors to the public. Yeah. And as you mentioned, a great percentage of our audience is an international audience and 
they were not able to travel, and they still weren't able to travel after we reopened. But uh, we received some COVID funding, and the musicians weren't able to work. And I was like, well, why don't y'all come in, and y'all lead tours of the Blues Museum? So different local musicians talk about different exhibits inside the museum. And even and they get to pick who they want to talk about it, somebody that influenced them or somebody that was their friend or in their band. And even if they pick the same person multiple times, like um, Josh Razorblade Stewart has been picked a lot and Mr. Johnny Billington have been picked a lot, but they mentored so many musicians and each musician has a different story to tell yeah. about the other musician that's that's being honored. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. And uh, people seem to really enjoy them. Are these live virtual tours that you tune in and take with everybody else, or have they been done and then archived so people can go and enjoy them whenever at their convenience? They're archived on our website, www.deltabluesmuseum.org, and just go to virtual tours. We also have virtual field trips, which kind of build on our Explore and Learn Series and that in that uh, instance we take the museum outside the walls and take you around Cahoma County so you can as you're coming to the Blues Museum like you might come down uh, Highway One and pass uh, turn on uh, Stovall Road which is Stovall Farms where Muddy Waters worked and where the Muddy Waters cabin was or you might come up you know 61 and there's landmarks there so we we incorporate all of that so either Pre, pre-visit or post-visit, um, you can get a little bit more history. Because you think about seeing. when people are coming, because it's, it feels like it was just such rich soil there, figuratively and literally, for the blues in Clarksdale, when all the international people do choose to come or out of state or even us come to visit, you're not just coming to learn about you know, the individuals in terms of just bullet points. Like you want to know, like you do, you want to get into the community. You want to see what, what was it that raised them up to sort of give them the, you know, the inspiration for all the music that we still, we're still talking about. You know, there's museums made after, which is just incredible. You say you keep learning things, Shelly. What's something, what are, do you have any of like those, like, man, everybody should know X, Y, and Z, either about the blues or maybe about a specific, um, musician. Oh well, well, I think everybody should know how everybody learns from each other, and that's one of the interesting things to see these musicians talking about other musicians and what they learn from them that they use in their um, music now. And even though I might not have heard a particular. Uh, musician in mm-hmm. in the current musician's work. Once you kind of are made aware of that, you can kind of do your little own um, genealogy, uh, so to speak, or I guess it'd be musicology. <laughs> you know what? We learn new words here every day, Miss Shelley. <laughs> but it works for me. But yeah, I kind of go back and sort of see what was in the recipe, right? Mm-hmm. Like what what is the secret in the sauce that sort of makes that person stand out, or you can then sort of uh, recognize the different influences. Do you have people, Shelley, just coming to the Delta Blues Museum or contacting them that maybe, 
because I'm I'm curious, like, how do you find these young artists who were so influenced by the musicians that are, you know, displayed there, their stories are shared? I mean, are they all still in Clarksdale or some of them local or are they just is it just so in their blood and in the, in their you know DNA to want to know more that they're seeking you out? Most everyone has been local and with few exceptions, like a Charlie Musselwhite, most people who are leading the tours are can uh, have been through our music program, mm-hmm. our after school music program, which we have from Monday to Thursday uh, weekly. And so, like Lee Williams, Anthony Sherrard, Kristen Kingfish Ingram, they've all come through our program, so they knew. Some of the other people's uh, Super Chicken, who's a local musician, he worked at the uh, museum and when we were housed in the library, and he helped teach. So he's connected to the program. And Charlie Musselwhite moved to Clarksdale recently, and so he's connect. He's always been connected to the Blues Museum, but he's connected to Clarksdale as well. Which goes to show all the extracurriculars and into the community work that our museums do just really matter, right? And we should take advantage of them. We should be we should know what's going on at our local museums because there's museums all over the state that have these education programs for children. You never know what inspiration may come from getting a kid into into one of the after school or sort of summer programs coming up? Where can people go, Shelley, to stay to get the tours, but then stay up to date all all the festivals, all the things that you guys have going on there at the Delta Blues Museum? Uh, our website, deltabluesmuseum.org, is has all the virtual tours and virtual field trips. And I need to say that the grant is from the Mississippi Delta National Heritage Area, and they have supported us. Uh, through this for a number of years and we are owe them a debt of gratitude for their support which means we should go out and support the work that's being done with it right like by going and enjoying it and watching it how long are the tours how long do they last about roughly five minutes five to eight minutes per musician a snack so yeah yeah we try to keep them brief to hold your interest but you could you can delve into it like just looking at who all talked about Mr. Johnny Billington, or you can just go with the artist who's giving the tours and look at their favorite things. So we tried to shuffle them around to please everybody. And if you're in Clarksdale, you should get out and go see the Delta Blues Museum in living color. Yes. Anytime from 10 to 5, Monday through Saturday. All righty, or get out to one of the great festivals. Shelly, you'll have to come back and see us. I'd love to, Rebecca. Thank you. All righty, you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Smile on your face. Don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry. Be happy. I'm not worried. I'm happy. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Delta Dawn, what's that flower you have on? Could it be a faded rose from days gone by? And did I hear you say he was meeting you here today? To take you to his mansion in the sky. Oh, 
Thank you, Rhino. Did y'all ever get a song that just gets stuck in your head? Not to mention my 11-year-old adores this song, I think because it is just so catchy. So today, walking into the studios here at Good Thing, I was whistling in my under my Delta Dawn, what's that flower? And I just, I don't know all the words, but I can hum it. Like, I know, like, some of it, and then I can hum the rest of it. And then I know days gone by. <laughs> And now it's going to be in my head even longer, thanks to you. But talk about a classic from wait, what is the year on that song? Uh, that is actually the 1990 encore version. I want to say the original was 72. I'll have to double check. Yes. Yeah, so we often, if we're listening to music at our home, it's the oldie station of 72, 72 of, of some kind. So it is interesting to know that my 11 year old knows every word to that and will belt it out. And then once I hear it, it's just, it is, it just gets stuck on repeat and I can't seem to, you know, not hum it whenever my brain's not thinking about something else. I know you have other songs that way. Rhino, do you ever get a song stuck in your head that you just can't shake? Oh, yeah, and you were talking about learning new words. The word for that is an earworm. Is that like a – is that in the dictionary? I think so. Like an earworm? So like you – it really just gets in there and you can't get it out? I wonder what's the – how long do they last? It depends. Like that's – my method for getting rid of an earworm – is to listen to the song in its entirety. So I didn't really help you out there. No, with you that. didn't. You gave me the most. I gave you a, a taste of it. <laughs> the, the part that you think about the most, yeah. But I either I either listen to it in its entirety from start to finish, or sometimes if I've had one that's been stuck in my head and I just focus on it enough to find it, load it, play it on the air. Get it out of your system. Then I get it out of my system. But sometimes they'll just. You'll have that tune, and it'll be stuck in your head for a week or longer. And I'm just one of those weirdos, too, though. Like, I will see something or hear something, and then it brings up parts of a song or, like, even parts of a movie. And like, I, and But it's, like, tidbits of it, like little small sort of slivers of it. And then I'm just stuck on it. Like, it's just there until it's, I guess, it's not. Either it just wears out or, or goes on or something else sort of sparks it. But, but you know, there are worse things. To have stuck in your brain going over and over than Delta Dawn. Oh, yeah, like uh, Bob Seger's Like a Rock. <laughs> I had that stuck in my head over Christmas. And I was driving to and from Tupelo. It's like when I got on the road, the song started in my head. I wasn't driving a Chevy. I don't own a Chevy. But for some reason, I remember the commercials for Chevys with Bob Seger's Like a Rock. Commercials will do it, too. Uh, or you'll... You know, they'll come on and you can say every single word of them, but you have absolutely no idea what they're selling. And I'm like, you did a terrible job at the actual advertisement part, but you did a phenomenal job at being catchy and sort of enough. Do they still, I guess they do, but it feels like 70s, 80s, 90s, there was more of a um, an industry of jingles. Oh, yeah. Like way like so some of those jingles, even though they're decades old, if you hear them being played, I mean, you can it comes out every single word you can just sort of spout out and you're like i don't know where i'm not even gonna sing it i'm just gonna say the line and it's gonna be stuck in somebody's head bump on into bumpers (gasps) yep that is that that is bump on into bumpers that was a catchy one that was a catchy one if you can write good jingles that that takes talent feels like it's a not a lost art but a, a dying art because you have to not only have the ability to 
Well, it has to be good musically or nobody's going to like it, but it also has to kind of fit a formula for jingles. And rhyme and have like that sort of catchphrase. And it's okay if it's annoying, but it just has to like, I guess it has to be like there's a formula for earworms. We learned new words today. The true best jingles are the ones that just get in and out really quick. Like you do, you've got some jingles and theme songs where it's a full length song, but then you've got the ones like by Menon. That's it. They just, well, it will. That's like what Law and Order. Dun, dun, dun. They don't yeah. even say, like, I don't know if that's a jingle. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. It's not even a jingle. It's not even an it's advertisement. It's the Law and Order noise. It's the Law and Order noise. And it is the, and well, it's the same with, um, with SportsCenter. I can't, um, I can't really say it, but like if if you or your spouse has the app, then it's that that annoying little like and you know exactly like you have there is no question what what just popped up on your phone or sort of or did that. Well, if you go back to the early days of broadcasting radio, TV, all of that, it evolved, but it, it had you had tones that were associated with certain stations. And you would literally have somebody sitting there, like, at a radio station with a little xylophone, and they would do, 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 and then start the show. We need an earworm. We need a good things earworm. Worm. <laughs> Delta Dawn. I don't know how to work that into good things you are on. <laughs> Stick with us. You got Sports Talk was coming up next from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.